Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. If I were to ask you to rank the celebration chocolates in order of preference from best to worst, what would your list look like? What would be your top choice? What would be your least favourite choice? Bounty at the top. Bounty at the top. Wow. That's a controversial... uh, So I've actually got... I don't know if it's going to come up. This is my list. No no judging me now. This is my list of how I would order them. Um, And judging by kind of the remnants of uh, celebration boxes that are left over in the office, I don't think I'm the only one, maybe apart from Andy, that would have Milky Way and Bounty kind of towards the bottom of their list. They're always the ones that are left over. So then what about if we were to think, um, kind of turning away from chocolate for a minute, um, whilst you all enjoy those this morning, um, what about things that are important to you in life? So family, friends, church, uh, the place you live, your jobs or hobbies, um, music, sports, so the list could look different for each one of you, um, but how would you rank these in importance to you? Uh, Which of these are among your top priorities in life? What do you give most of your uh, time, your energy and your thought to? Um, What comes first in that list? And then what about if I threw Jesus into that mix? Where would he sit in kind of that list of things that are important to you? Um, So this morning we are continuing our preaching series that we've started as part of this new CCM Reddish Church plant. Um, and we're looking at the, the three pillars that Christ Church Manchester is founded on um, and what we feel as a church is important to us. Um, so we're looking at devotion, community and mission. Um, and this morning we're going to focus our attention back on devotion um, and ask the question, uh, what does Jesus first mean? Um, and the passage we're going to be looking at this morning in more depth um, is in the book of Matthew, uh, which is the first of the Gospels um, found at the very start of the New Testament. We're going to be looking at Matthew 6:33, which says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to try and unpack this verse a little bit more for you, um, hopefully explain what it means to put Jesus first, um, why we should do this, um, and how we might go about it. So firstly, what does it mean to put Jesus first? Um, Or what does this verse mean when it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? So to seek something is to earnestly search for it with the expectation of finding it. So if you think uh, like a little child on an Easter egg hunt, um, desperately searching for that egg, or in fact all of you this morning digging around looking for that Malteser um, in the box. So before all else we are to seek or to look earnestly for God's kingdom and his righteousness. But what is meant by the kingdom of God and his righteousness in this passage? Well, simply put, the kingdom of God is where God is king, um, or the fulfilment of God's will on earth. In the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is praying for God's reign on earth, for a piece of heaven here. And if you're personally seeking the kingdom of God, We're seeking God to be king in our lives. But it also says, seek first his righteousness. 
And this word righteousness um, essentially means being right with God. And actually that's very hard for us to do. It's actually impossible for us to do alone. For God is a, a holy God. He is set apart. He is pure. And because of this, he, he can't be around sin. And however good we intend to be, we all make mistakes. We all make bad choices. The Bible tells us we've all fallen short of God's standard, of his, God's holiness and his purity. And as a result, we cannot enter his holy presence. But the wonderful news of the gospel is that through Jesus dying on a cross, he took all the mess, all the mistakes, all the hurt, and he bore the penalty of death on our behalf on the cross. He was separated from God in that moment so that through him we can now freely enter the presence of God. Through the lens of Jesus, God sees us as fully righteous. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin, which is talking about Jesus here, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So to seek his righteousness doesn't mean we are to strive harder and harder to obey all the rules. It means we are to seek Jesus and the righteousness that comes only through him. So above all else, we are to to earnestly search for God to be king in all areas of our life and pursue the righteousness we obtain through Jesus alone. So now we've covered in a little bit more detail what this verse means. I want to give you some reasons why we should do it. Why should we seek Jesus first? So firstly, um, it frees us from worry. So verse 33 uh, concludes by saying, and then all these things will be given to you as well. So if we backtrack a little bit in the passage, we get a bit more context about what Jesus is saying here um, and these things that are being referenced that will be given to us. Um, And this passage um, forms part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching people how to live and setting out radical new guidelines. So let's read together um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Um, So feel free to turn with me in your Bibles or the the, um, verses will appear on the screen behind me. So starting in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus here is saying if we seek God first, his will, his reign in our lives, and strive to be right with God, then he will provide the things we need. Now the worries of life could be different for each one of us here. It could be genuine worry about putting food on the table or having money to buy clothes, um, as these verses are, are suggesting. 
But it also could be worries about work, um, family, debt, health issues. And these, these verses uh, bring me great reassurance because I am a huge worrier. Um, I seem to worry about, be able to worry about anything. Um, I genuinely worry quite a lot about how I come across, not wanting to upset people. Um, I have a big fear of failure. Uh, financial worries occasionally creep in. Um, I even worry about whether I've turned the oven off at night, make sure I go and check before going to bed. Um, and some of you may have even seen me in the car park. I've not driven today, but some of you may have even seen me when I'm with my car, checking, triple, double-checking, triple-checking that I've locked the car. I'll be muttering under my breath as I check the handle. The car is locked, the car is locked, just to make sure. Um, and it's not something that's actually worsened uh, with age and as I've uh, got more responsibilities in life. Uh, when I was younger, I used to pray for my family's health and safety every day, um, worried that if I didn't or if I forgot one day that something bad would happen to them. And I thankfully that is not how God operates, and I, I understand that now, um, but back then it was a real worry of mine. So these verses hold a wonderful truth. We have a heavenly Father who loves us, who knows what we need and can provide for us. And if we seek him first and foremost and let God reign over all of our life, he will provide for our needs. So let me ask you this morning, what are you worrying about right now? What is occupying more space in your head than it should? And is there anything that's weighing over you? So say, bring it, bring it before the Heavenly Father, the one who loves you deeply and knows what you need. So the second reason this morning to seek first God's kingdom um, is that it's something that we see Jesus doing. When we read through the Bible, um, it's something that we see that he placed a big importance on. So clearly it's something that should be important for us too. So at the beginning of uh, Mark's gospel, we read about Jesus at the start of his ministry in Galilee, um, and he's preaching to people there and healing many people. Um, it says the whole town gathered at the door. So there's a lot of people there. Um, so straight after this in Mark 1.35, we read, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby village, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Now, if I was one of the disciples there, I'd have been very confused at this. I'd be saying to Jesus, haven't you seen all the, all the stuff that's going on, all the great ways that God is working, all the miracles you're doing, all the people you're healing? Surely we should stay here in this village. But Jesus had chosen to get up early. He'd chosen to retreat to a quiet place to be with the Father, to get away from the busyness of life and spend time alone with God to find out his will. And after this time with God the Father, seeking first his will, Jesus is clear that they should move on to the next village. And this has challenged me a lot in preparing for this morning. When I get to heaven, I don't want to stand before God thinking I had been faithful in um, how I'd served all of these years. For God to turn around to me and say, Luke, look at all of the stuff that I could have used you for if you'd have just sought me above all else and quietened yourself to hear my voice and calling in your life. So we need to be in step with where God is calling us and what he wants to use us for. And the only way we'll do this is to seek him and to spend time with him. So the third reason to seek God's kingdom first 
is that we can live in the fullness and the freedom that comes from committing all of our areas, all areas of our life to Christ. So jumping back to the illustration at the start where I asked you to think about what was important to you in life and, and, and rank those in order and assessing where you feel uh, Jesus would sit in that. Um, with a preach looking at Jesus first, you're probably expecting me to tell, tell you that you need to make sure Jesus is right at the top of that list. He is your priority. He is number one position in your life. And yes, I think that is, is partly true. Um, but I think also the analogy here is maybe flawed. Um, and in fact, there's probably a more helpful way to look at it, a different perspective. So I'd argue that rather than viewing things in kind of a list um, and trying to get Jesus at the top, I suggest that we turn that list on its side um, and make sure Jesus is involved in and ultimately king over all areas of our life. So rather than just making sure Jesus comes above our family, or above our finances, or Facebook. We should allow Jesus to be king over our family, king over our financial decisions, and king even over our Facebook posts. And viewing things like this with kind of Jesus king over everything, um, it prevents us from sectioning parts of our life off and not letting Jesus in. It allows us to live in the fullness of what God has to offer. So how practically can we seek Jesus first in these different areas of our life? So I think the key um, is a blaringly obvious one from this verse, where it says, seek first. It should be the first thing we do each day, as soon as you wake up. Now, show of hands, who would call themselves a morning person? There's a few of you. So I actually envy you. I don't know how you have so much energy in the morning when you first wake up. Um, I'm certainly in the other camp. Like Even with a Weetabix down me, it takes me a while to get going. I'd say probably even an hour to become sociable in the morning. And I remember clearly when me and Rosalind were first dating, we, we decided to um, go to the beach for, for a day. Um, but we wanted to make the most of the day, so we thought, oh, we'll set off early. So I, I got up early and drove to Rosalind's house to pick her up. I just remember in the car on the way to the beach, Rosalind actually said to me, is everything okay? Like, have, have I done something to upset you? And like, I was completely oblivious. I'd not really said a word to her in this car journey. Um, clearly not a morning person. Um, however, this passage says, seek first. So I would challenge you, whether you are a morning person or not, uh, this is important. And it's something that I've had to learn and can wholeheartedly tell you there is so much value in starting your day with Jesus. Now, I found it helpful um, not being a morning person, I found it helpful to um, start small and work up. So if you can manage five minutes, do that. If you can manage 15 minutes, do that. It doesn't matter so much how much time you are spending or how much time you have. It's more about intentionally spending it with Jesus. Giving him the first thoughts of your day, reflecting on scripture, praying through the day ahead and what is to come. So another thing I found helpful um, and I see great benefit in um, is when I turn my phone off before I go to bed and I don't turn it on again until after I've had some time with Jesus in the morning. If my phone was on despite best intentions, my attention would just get drawn away. I'm a very different person if I've woken up, checked WhatsApp, glanced at my to-do list for work, read the latest news compared to just sitting and being with Jesus. If I've skipped my quiet time, and saw other things first in my day, I'm a less patient person. I'm less understanding, I'm quicker to get angry, 
more likely to say something that I would later regret. So read his word in the morning. Let scripture minister to you, challenge you, encourage you. Learn about Jesus in the Bible. Strive to reflect his character more and more. The aim of reading the Bible isn't to see how much you can read. It's to get to know him more. And if you're not sure where to start, I'd recommend beginning with one of the Gospels. Uh, Maybe try the book of Luke, because it's got a good name. (laughs) Um, And I've actually got with me today, I've got a copy of um, Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. Um, So if anyone doesn't have a Bible, um, then I'd love you to take one of these um, so you can start reading for yourself. And if you've got the Bible app on your phone, there's some great reading plans that you can get stuck into, which kind of cover lots of topics. Um, and also, I want to say that don't worry if you, if you don't manage it every morning, um, or if you struggle or your thoughts get lost elsewhere. Um, tomorrow is another day. It says in Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. So get up and try it again the next day. I'm going to try and maybe not move so much. Which one is it? This one. I should. Just making sure you're all awake this morning. If I just not leave, I'll just not touch it. I'll try not to move so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So get up and try it again the next day. Uh, the aim is, here is not to see it as um, a tick box exercise, uh, to, to say, oh yes, I've read my Bible or I've prayed and then feel good about yourself and then forget about it for the rest of your day. The aim is to let that time with Jesus infiltrate the rest of your day. To shape your character, to give you the strength to face the challenges that your day has. To allow God to be king over whatever comes in your day. Some days I find it really helpful to pray the Bible as well, Um, particularly if I can't find the words to pray myself um, or if I'm getting easily distracted. And the Psalms are full of prayers to God um, with all sorts of emotions as well. Um, Some Psalms praise God and are full of rejoicing. Others are people crying out to God for help. Others still contain lots of frustration and anger. So something that you might find helpful, feel free to to not use it if if you don't, but Um, something that I've used. um, So there's 150 psalms in total, um, average about 30 days a month. Um, So we can do some simple maths to help us out here. Um, So each morning, take that day's date and turn to that psalm in the Bible. So for example, for today, the 27th of February, I would turn to Psalm 27. Have a skim read of that passage to see if there's anything that stands out um, or resonates with you in something that you're going through. If it does, then great. Reflect on that psalm um, and use the words in that psalm as your prayer to God. Psalm 27 is actually very relevant for today. So verse 4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So reading that psalm this morning, I could pray that I would see his beauty today, that I would dwell in his presence. But if a psalm doesn't resonate with you on a particular day, then add 30 to it and try that psalm. And if not that psalm, add 30 again and again and again. So for today, today, you could skim read Psalm 27, 57, 87, 
117 and 147. And there's a good chance that there are a couple of verses within those five Psalms um, that speak directly to you or give you inspiration for something that you can pray for. So I'll be honest with you, I've had um, a difficult time at work recently um, with a a few deadlines, important deadlines coming up and kind of feelings of inadequacy and stress kind of creeping in. And I got up early uh, the other morning um, to spend some time with Jesus and seek him first. Um, however, I just couldn't, I couldn't get work out of my head. Every time I tried to read the Bible or pray, um, my thoughts just went to um, the things that I needed to do that day um, and worry started to creep in. So I decided to use this kind of tool um, and look at the psalm for the day. Um, and it was February the 16th, so I turned to Psalm 16 and I read, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Saying, come on, Lord, that is exactly what I needed for that day. Reassurance that he was with me, and therefore whatever work threw at me, I would not be shaken. Now, if I'd started that day seeking other things, so the extra snooze, uh, or the latest news headlines, or logging into work even to try and get ahead of the day, my day would have looked very different. But instead, I sought Jesus first, and he sustained me for the day. So Psalm 1 tells us, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now, when this psalm talks about meditation, um, it's not referring to what we commonly think about when we, when we hear that word. Um, it's not talking about sitting around with our legs crossed or having incense in the air. Um, The word actually means to think something over carefully or to seriously consider. The aim is to to pause um, and chew over what God may be specifically saying to us in a passage to see if there's something that we need to respond to. So meditating on God's word um, might highlight an area of your life where you've um, fallen short or made a mistake um, and need to come back to God and apologise. Uh, It may remind us of something that we need to pray for, someone who needs healing or comfort or breakthrough in a certain situation. It may lead us to action, to go and do, to to love practically. Um, And it may even lead to to all of these these three things. So in addition to seeking Jesus as the first thing of the day, um, I think it's important to seek Jesus first when challenges arise in our lives. Being quick to turn to him for guidance or strength. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Now this is something that doesn't come naturally to all of us, um, particularly those of you that are like me that that worry um, and try and seek control and fix everything everything ourselves. And for me, Rosalind has always uh, demonstrated to me what seeking Jesus first continually looks like in practice. So whenever something crops up in our life that requires a decision or something needs fixing or would benefit from um, wisdom or guidance, Rosalind will immediately say, let's pray about this. And every fibre in me is screaming out, I've got this, let me just take control, I'll try and fix it. But I absolutely know that the best thing to do is to seek Jesus first in that circumstance, to commit it to him and ask for his wisdom and intervention. And also this won't always look like kind of a long considered prayer. Um, I believe as we 
walk with Jesus throughout our days and surrender every area of our lives to him. We'll be more aware of his presence. Um, and the other day, I, I received a, a call at work um, and just very quickly muttered under my breath, uh, Lord, be with me. Give me wisdom in this call. And I think that's, that's all it needs sometimes, just to, to, to recognize that Jesus is there. So considering um, our list of important areas of our life again, um, we should reflect on what it means for Jesus to be king over all these areas of our life. Now, just to provide um, a couple of examples for me, um, looking at family, work, and home. So family, what does, it, what does it look like to place Jesus as king over my family? Well, from what I read in the Bible, I gather that this means trying to love my wife as Christ loved the church, as it says in Ephesians. It means raising my daughter to know God and teaching her the Bible, as it says in Deuteronomy. Honouring my mum and dad. In our decisions as a family, me and Rosam aim to consult God and seek his will above all else. And I love the words in Joshua 24, 15, where it says, As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What about work? And for you, this could be um, a full-time parent, uh, a carer, volunteer, or, or looking for work. For me, seeking Jesus first at work means working heartily as for the Lord and not for man, as it tells us in Colossians. Being servant-hearted in how I delegate tasks to other people, not just kind of passing off the boring tasks to others. Being loving to my colleagues. And something that I've had to kind of, I'm still grasping, I guess, um, is placing my identity and security in Christ first and foremost, and not in my job. Being willing to let it all go if that's what he asked me to do, and trust in him. And also not measuring my worth by how well or badly I'm performing at work, but by measuring it by how God views me. And I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter if you are the best at what you do or if you fail. God views you just the same as his son and daughter, and he couldn't be prouder of you. Then finally, home. What might this look like? So seeking Jesus first in our home means trying to view our house as God's and not ours. Learning to be quick to open up our doors and invite others in, to show hospitality to people, to try and cultivate a house of peace, as Sam was telling us about last week, to treat everyone who is in, who is in our home as family, to love our neighbours well, as it says in Mark. Um, and that's easy for us to do because we have uh, good neighbours, we get on really well with them. Um, but even if you have difficult neighbours, what small acts of kindness can you show to them? And as we open up these areas of our life and seek Jesus first, we place them in the very capable hands of God, our loving Father. So finally, I would encourage you to surround yourself with people that help you point to Jesus. So we are on this journey together as a body of Christ for a reason. Be accountable to someone if there are areas of your life that you're trying to hide from God. Or ask someone to regularly check if you're managing to spend your first moments of the day with Jesus. And again, I want to stress here, the aim isn't to, um, to set out rules to follow um, or punishments if you don't. Um, that isn't how the Christian faith works. Um, it's just, no, just that I know spending time alone with Jesus each day is the best thing for you. Um, and as my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to experience it for yourself. So the famous verse is in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
Then the verses continue. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let's seek Jesus first with all our heart and allow him to be king in all areas of our life. He has good plans for us and he will provide for us. So just as we close this morning, um, I'd like to take a couple of minutes just of silence, um, just to wait on God, um, for you to reflect um, on areas of your life where maybe Jesus currently isn't king. Think about how you can start seeking him first in those areas. What does it look like for you personally?